Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch, chop, retrofit. So, Chelsea, you can hear again, right? I can! How, how did that happen? Did you use, did it involve a funnel? No, it just happened. A snorkel? No. An avocado? This is not a MacGruber podcast. Welcome to Season 10, Episode 16 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs... Like us. ...decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is... The Travsgressor, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. Leaving Trav Vegas. Oh, yeah. A.k.a. Turnin' Tricks Travis. Turnin' Tricks Travis. We had to get very creative this week yes. uh, in terms of like working our names into uh, nicknames and uh, leaving Trav Vegas. You can never ask me to stop recasting. Uh, and I'm joined, like as always, here in the Chop Shop by my co-host and co-producer, the oldest profession... A.K.A. Angels of the Sean, A.K.A. Amara Sean Gigolo, and in our third seat, the Chop Shop Regulator, Chelsea, the daytime hooker, and her erotic adventures on Earth. Nice. It's an honor to be here with you, and I appreciate you and everything that you do. You're welcome. Further description of the show, the tagline says, watch, chop, retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the designs with new parts. Quick disclaimer, we're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel dependent cinematic culture. We say who, we say when, we say how much. (laughs) This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we succeed. That was fantastic. Thank you. All right. That's going to bring us into our first segment. Uh, This is movie news. And this is where throughout the time between recordings, we try to pay attention to stories that pertain to our subject matter. And that you, the chop shoppers out there, our number one Johns, might find interesting. And unfortunately, we do have to start it off with a couple of RIPs this week. Uh, First, RIP to Ivan Reitman, director of Ghostbusters and producer of Animal House and countless other things. Ivan Reitman, the comedy icon who had a hand in some of the most beloved movies of all time, Ghostbusters, Animal House, Space Jam, and Stripes, (laughs) just to name a few, has died. That comes from the Associated Press, which says that a statement from his children confirmed that he, quote, died peacefully in his sleep. No specific cause of death was given. Uh, Next, rest in peace and rest in power to... Uh, I want to say Brenda Deese, D-E-I-S-S. She was the uh, breakout unlikely movie star in this year's, or this past year's Red Rocket. She played the mother-in-law. Do you guys remember? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, So she died at the age of 60. She's a former NASA secretary. Holy shit. And she became an unexpected movie star with her role as a tough-talking matriarch in Red Rocket. She died this past Monday in Clear Lake, Texas, from complications following a stroke she suffered in January. She was 60 years old. A spokesperson for Red Rocket confirmed Deese's death to Variety, and that comes to us from Variety.com. Rest in peace and rest in power to both of them. So next up, on a lighter note, Kingsley Ben Adir to play reggae legend Bob Marley in Paramount Biopic. Following a global search that took almost a year, Paramount Pictures looks to have found the person to play Bob Marley in its biopic about the reggae legend. Sources tell Deadline that Kingsley Ben Adir, who starred as Malcolm X in One Night in Miami. Did you guys see that? 
no. one night in Miami. He did a very good job as Malcolm X. Uh, has been tapped to play the Jamaican icon with King Richard Helmer, Ronaldo Marcus Green directing. Ziggy Marley, Rita, and Sedelia Marley will also produce on behalf of Tough Gong Productions. <laughs> and that comes to us from Deadline. Next up, animation news. Brad Bird is going to write and direct an animated feature, Ray Gunn, for Skydance. And I sent this story to you, and Sean, you had a reaction. Yeah, I'm always skeptical of anyone who says they've been trying to get this made for three decades. Ooh. Yeah. So, it's like, there's a reason. Yeah. Usually. Skydance Animation has nabbed the rights to, quote, Ray Gunn. Uh, R-A-Y-G-U-N-N, like a name, a first and last. An animated movie from writer-director Oscar winner Brad Bird. This is a project Bird has been working on and wanting to make for a very long time. And he's finally set to direct and produce from his original story, according to Deadline. Uh, Ray Gun is a sci-fi noir film that Bird has been trying to get made for almost three decades. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see how that works out, right? Mm-hmm. Next up, Tom Hanks and Robert Zemeckis and Eric Roth have a Forrest Gump reunion with graphic novel adaptation Here. It's called Here, H-E-R-E. Almost three decades ago, Robert Zemeckis, Eric Roth, and Tom Hanks helped bring to life Forrest Gump, which went on to win six Academy Awards and became one of the most beloved films in history. Now the three are reuniting for the film adaptation of the graphic novel Here. Zemeckis is naturally set to direct the film from Roth's adapted screenplay, and Tom Hanks will, of course, be the star. In the years since Forrest Gump, Hanks has worked with both Zemeckis and Roth on separate projects, but here will be, quote, getting the band back together, as they say, after the sequel to Forrest Gump failed to come to fruition. Uh, wasn't it going to be a, just about the shrimp boat, the, the sequel? I'm glad it died on the vine. Next up, A24 greenlights its first R-rated musical... With an adaptation of fucking identical twins. Like, are they fucking or is it like... I think it's an exclamation. Fucking, fucking identical twins, man. Yeah, okay. I'm just, you know, curiosity. Well, it is A24, so I wouldn't... It could it be them. whatever they could imagine. Imagine if The Parent Trap was an R-rated musical comedy about two grown men starring a famous hip-hop songtress like, say, Megan the Stallion. That would be weird, right? But that's never stopped A24 before. The production company just greenlit its first ever musical, a subversive spin on the familiar long-lost twin story, but with a title that's deeply unsafe for search engines, Fucking Identical Twins. <laughs> You can read more at Slash Film. Or do your own Google search. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't type that into Google. I swear it's not safe for work. Ryan Reynolds denies Deadpool appearing in Doctor Strange 2. Wink. So the uh, nerds went crazy this week when the poster for Doctor Strange 2 Multiverse of Madness. Well, it was an expanded trailer on the, in the Super Bowl. And yeah. there was, but they also yeah. saw this thing in the poster yep. in one of the like shards of glass. People were like, oh, that's, that's Deadpool right there in the lower left. He does look like him. And uh, Ryan Reynolds is vehemently denying this rumor, but that's also what Andrew Garfield did about yeah. him and Toby being in the new Spidey movie. Yeah, I call bullshit. So you think, you think he's going to be in it? Uh-huh, yeah. I mean, it's very hot on the heels well, of the Sony. Well, it's already Marvel. been established that Deadpool three will be the first R-rated Marvel MCU under the Disney banner. Okay, so yeah, they're gonna bring him in. All right, we got one more. Uh, Wanda Sykes, Amy Schumer, and Regina Hall are going to host the Oscars. Now, this is the first time that three women have been the host of the Oscars. And only the second time that three people have hosted the Oscars. The first time was in 1987. And who would you guess 
Those three people were Steve Martin, Billy Crystal, and Martin Short. That's a good guess. It's a very good guess. Hmm. Chelsea, you have anything? No. The three people who hosted the Academy Awards, the 59th Academy Awards in 1987, were Chevy Chase, Goldie Hawn, and Paul Hogan. Oh, God. Crocodile Dundee, mate. There's a reason I don't remember. That sounds terrible. (laughs) That sounds awful. And that is going to wrap us up on movie news for this week. Uh, Do you guys hear a phone ringing? It must be time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Hello, my little job shoppers. Howard Hessman was replaced by Billy Connolly for the final season of Head of the Class. Groucho Marx hosted You Bet Your Life. Joey Gordy Levi's is slated to play Jim Jones. I hope he's working on his Flavor Aid recipe. I wasn't able to find any information saying that Angelica Bet Fellini is any relation to Federico Fellini, so I'm going to assume that she's not. That is all. Have a fabulous week, darlings. All right. Thank you, Dana, for that and all of your hard work. We very much appreciate it. And uh, that was kind of a plug for Flavor Aid. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's just cyanide. <laughs> And that brings us to the theme of the episode. This is an episode that is uh, long, a long time coming, so to speak. And uh, it's it's one of those that has uh, kind of permeated the genre because it is based on the oldest oldest profession. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're talking about what? Sex worker movies. Sex worker movies. Chelsea, I want to I want to throw this over to you for a female perspective. How would you define sex worker? Somebody that has sex for money. Okay. Somebody who uses sexuality for money. Okay. So that could include not just uh, prostitution. No, it's not. But what else? Like escorting, stripping the weird people that like well they're not weird but it, it is a little weird to me like the people that will come and like take naps with you mm-hmm. and shit uh, cam girls yeah uh, i mean it's uh, everywhere only like fans that. all yeah. that Even shit adult film actress male yeah. order panties yes or the girl that farts in a fucking jar she makes <laughs> that a was, killing that was britney <laughs> leave britney alone <laughs> no that she like made a lot of money on only fans britney all right so no. As this is, as they say, the oldest profession, it obviously is a theme that has permeated cinema from the very beginning and fiction uh, in general. We have uh, tales of Jezebel and yeah. Mary Magdalene in the yep. Bible. Yep. Uh, fiction, like the Bible. And, <laughs> uh, Stand down, proud boys. Yes. So that's what we're going to be talking about today is movies that are involving the... Uh, can I say craft of sex work? Sure, of course. Everybody is a craftsman. We're going to start this theme out with the Midnight Double feature. And this is where we go around the panel and we each talk about two pre-selected movies that we feel fall into this realm of genre, this subject matter, and we talk about them and why they would make a good pairing. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay, so over to you, Chelsea. What is your double feature tonight? So my double feature is two recent movies, one from 2020, one from 2021. Okay. I picked these because oftentimes the girls are labeled as victims or they had no other choice kind of a thing, and it's shameful and embarrassing, and it just it just fucking shouldn't be that way. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. I know, but as a whole, you can't make that generalization. And that's often how this is looked at. And so these two movies are Uh, Zola from choice. Well, it's they're not so much victims as they hold more control and power. Fair. Um, From 2020, I picked Zola, which we've talked about on this podcast. It's a great movie. And from 2021, a movie called Pleasure, which I think I have not seen fits my theme a little bit more. Gotcha. Now, Zola is um, 
Riley Kehoe. Riley Kehoe, and it's an A24 joint, right? Yep. Yes, strippers. Yeah, and but strippers who get pushed a little bit beyond their envelope. Yes. And then um, Pleasure. This is about uh, a porn star, essentially. Okay. And she's just somebody who has come to America because she wants to be a porn star. Where did she come from? Oh, gosh. Like you would ask me that. Scandinavia? It's like, it's something. Yeah. yeah. Is she from the Ukraine? No. No. She's a plant. No, no. She came from like, I think it's like like Sweden, Norway-ish. Yeah, it's something gotcha. like that. She looks very Nordic, at least on the poster. Yeah. I mean, she has a rough time, but it's not anything where it's like, I'm a victim. I had no other choice. I got you. So, so you're saying that in these, in these two films, uh, this double feature... They had choice. They had they did. Uh, free will and they uh, decided to use their sexuality for monetary gain. Yes. And it wasn't looked at as shameful. Right. Okay. Gotcha. I, I see what you're laying down there. Over to you, Sean. What do you got for us for a double feature? All right. I picked two films that kind of contrast sex work. Okay. Um, one being the more idealistic um, sanitary version. I've talked about this on the show years ago. It's called Belle de Jour from 1968. It's directed by Louis Buñuel. Mm -hmm. It's a French film. Uh, beautiful young housewife Severine Sarazy, played by Catherine Deneuve. Mm -hmm. Your French pronunciation is getting so much better. Right. Uh, she can't reconcile her masochistic fantasies with her everyday life with her very boring husband. How could she? Yeah. When her love-struck friend Henri mentions a secretive high-class brothel run by Madame Aeneas. She begins to work there during the day under the name Belle du Jour. Belle du Jour. That means like a <clears throat> uh, woman of the day. Uh, but when one of her clients, played by Pierre Clement Clementi, uh, he grows possessive, she must try to go back to her normal life. And I remember at the time when I watched this, I said, if it's the cleanest movie ever about prostitution or sex work. Correction. It means woman of the hour. Belle de Jour. So, uh, yeah, it's it's squeaky clean and it's purely innocent. So I'm contrasting that with a film from 1987 called Working Girls. Mm -hmm. And it's directed by Lizzie Borden. Not to be confused with Lizzie Borden, the axe murderer, and not to be confused with Working Girl starring Melanie Griffith. Correct, correct. Now, Lizzie Borden's kind of, I would call her like a, a punk rock director almost. She's okay. very, very uh, nasty, not nasty, but, but just like, exposing things for their ugliness without trying to dress them well, up or doll them up. And this movie was way ahead of its time. I agree. Way ahead of its time. So Do you think that's her real name? No. I don't think so. Okay. Um, her last name is Borden, though. I okay. I her up. But uh, anyway, it it's about a college graduate named Molly. She's trying to uh, bankroll her own business, so she's working as a high-priced high New York City escort. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, as a lesbian, she's able to keep her emotional distance from her clients, who range from cynically exploitative to desperately needy. But her ambition to rise above the current station rubs many of her coworkers the wrong way. Okay. Including the combative street smart Dawn, as well as the escort services disdainful Madam Lucy. This movie, I described it as being very clinical. Like, I felt like I should fill out a W-2 Yes. And, and punch the time clock after watching it. it it's it it really goes into or you the, got like a college credit well no, it really dips into like the monotony of doing it as a job mm -hmm. and for that i would give it really high marks because it's not glamorized at all it's a job it is truly sex work morning george yeah exactly and they they, they talk about their regulars they they go through their motions they do the routines and they, they bicker amongst each other. They backstab each other. I mean, it, it's like a workplace environment at this uh, brothel, for lack of a better term. I really liked it because of that. It just it, it portrayed sex work in a much different light than you than you normally see on, in film. And uh, so, yeah, those are my two. There still wasn't like so much shame attached to no, it. That, I did, that, and the younger girl, she talked about it. She's like, this is my choice. So, so what? Yeah, yeah I didn't feel any shame. I didn't, didn't, they didn't portray any shame at all. No. And that's why when I say clinical, I mean it in terms of it's a job. Yeah. Right. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, speaking of, I am going to go ahead and go with my double feature. 
And the first one is from 1980. It was directed by Paul Schrader, who we talked about a little bit this week, Sean. It's got a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes from 1980. It's American Gigolo. American Gigolo stars Richard Gere as Julian, a gigolo who commands high prices for his services, living in lavish, if emotionally unattached, lifestyles under the management of Anne, played by Nina Van Palant. While secretly working for a pimp, Leon, played by Bill Duke, Julian is assigned to service Mr. Ryman, played by Tom Stewart, and his wife, Judy, played by Patty Carr, believes when their violent request makes him nervous. When Mrs. Ryman is found dead and no one is willing to testify on his behalf, Julian finds himself the primary suspect. Uh, we've got male gigolo. We've got murder. We've got intrigue. We've got Richard Gere, who 10 years later would flip the script and be the wealthy John hiring an escort. Uh, so I'm going to pair that with kind of a satire of this movie from 1999 it's deuce bigelow male gigolo directed by mike mitchell it's got a 22 percent on rotten tomatoes that's about right deuce bigelow played by rob schneider is a less than attractive down on his luck aquarium cleaner one day he wrecks the house of a gigolo and needs quick money to repair it the only way he can make it is to become a gigolo himself, taking on an unusual mix of female clients. He encounters a couple of problems, though. He falls in love with one of his unusual clients, and a sleazy police officer is hot on his trail. So we've got, uh, you know, average Joe, Rob Schneider, falling into the role of gigolo and uh, getting into some hot water. And then we've got, uh, you know, Richard Gere being, you know, Captain America. And he finds himself entangled in a web of murder and mayhem. So I think that this is a very good double feature. And if you sit down and watch it, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> okay, if you say so. I do say so. Next up, it's time to get into our feature segment this is the recast and this is where we take a movie that we have all seen in advance and we talk about it a little bit and then hypothetically recast a few of the main roles with contemporary actors and the first movie is from 1985 this was i believe your suggestion sean i had never seen it before it's called street walking Streetwalking is directed by Joan Freeman, produced by Roger Corman, which he was just producing anything he could get his hands on in 1985. Uh, we've got no rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Cookie, played by Melissa Leo, and her brother run away from their loveless mother and their abusive stepfather in upstate New York to arrive in New York City. At the train station, Cookie meets a pimp named Duke. With his charm, he makes her fall in love with him and soon has her working as a prostitute. However, his brutality against her colleagues is disgusting to her, and that leads to several conflicts and altercations, sometimes violent. We've got a few standout roles. We're only doing three, but there was a lot of cool people in this. Uh, we saw Fish from Ally McBeal, as the role creepy <laughs> yes <laughs> his role was called creepy also um leon leon something he was one of the uh one of the the other pimps but the roles that we're going to recast are cookie played by melissa leo who was 25 at the time and i think in my review i said she was an absolute smoke show because <laughs> i think she, i think melissa leo was really hot in this uh, then we've got Duke, the uh, ne'er-do-well pimp and basically the villain of this movie, played by Dale Midkiff, who was 26 at the time. And then we've got the Queen Bee, 
played by Julie Newmar. Thank you for everything. <laughs> and Julie Newmar was 52 at the time. What else do we need to say about this movie, Sean? You should mention that Queen Bee was kind of like a free agent. She oh yeah, did she not have it a long time ago. That she, she didn't need a pimp. She didn't have a pimp. She was a lady of the streets, and she was there of her own accord, and she knew the ins and outs of the industry. So she's almost like Master Yoda. Yeah. Except she is not a good shot with that pistol. No, she's terrible. She's really she's a bad shot. Well, yeah, that's a good film. We I watched it for the Julie Newmar episode. Chelsea, Same. I believe you saw it. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a fun movie. It's got a great intro song. Street Walken. <laughs> performed by Christopher Walken. <laughs> the first role that we're going to recast is Cookie, played by Melissa Leo. She was a mere 25 at the time. And Chelsea, do you have a pick for this role? I do. I loved her character. I just wanted her to come across like a little bit more tough not like super tough not so incredibly naive because i she don't was think, naive but i don't think at the heart of it she really was that naive you can't run away and support this younger brother and be okay for that long being that fucking green to the world yeah so my actress was in x-men apocalypse some mm -hmm. movie called josie but we know her from game of thrones i went with sophie turner ah sophie turner who nice i think job. has a little bit of face value but yeah. comes across a little bit more savvy okay she's a little bit more streetwise yeah gotcha okay over to you sean what do you got i went with an actress who is 24 years old she can be seen in the handmaid's tale sharp objects everything sucks but most people would know her from her promiscuous role as Cassie in the TV show Euphoria. Oh. I went with Sydney Sweeney. Sydney Sweeney. She's also in that um, the Voyeurs, the the uh, new kind of take on Rear Window. Yeah, apparently she's going to be taking control of her her nude scene. She she's tired of just doing the nudes, so she's going to cut back. Okay, well, good for her. My actress is a fairly uh, new person to the scene. She is 26 now. She is in the upcoming drama series for HBO called The Idol, opposite The Weeknd and Lily Rose Depp. She was Strawberry in Red Rocket. Her name is Susanna Sohn. Oh, she's fantastic. She was so good in Red Rocket and her music's good. She did that uh, ballad cover of the NSYNC song. Yep. Bye, bye, uh, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Yes. Uh, so that's my pick. Next up, we've got the role of Duke. And I found him a little bit miscast in this pimp role. Like, he was obviously a douchebag and he was violent, but he just didn't seem as menacing as he should have been. But he was played by Dale Midkiff, who was 26 at the time. And Chelsea, who did you think about for this? I 100% agree with you. He did not seem as menacing as he should be. Right. So my actor is, uh, I went with Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. Okay. Wow. He makes a good fucking villain. Yeah. 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 Those, yeah that's those, fair. Those. But he has this side to him that's also sort of incredibly charming. Yes, I agree with that as well. He's got those soulless dead eyes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Over to you, Sean. What do you got? Well, I took inspiration from the fact that he was a bad guy who did not seem totally sinister. Like he was he was playing at being sinister. Mm -hmm. So I, with that as my compass, I went with a 25-year-old actor. You would know him from roles such as uh, the Vacation remake. Yeah. And uh, but mostly I picked him from his role of, in the Righteous Gemstones. I went with Skylar Gisondo. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I gotcha. All right. Well, my actor bears a striking face value, and he is a little bit uh, unassuming considering his legacy. Uh, he <laughs> was in. Oh, he's twenty-eight now. He was in Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. He's in Daniel Isn't Real and Echo Boomers. His name is Patrick 
Arnold Shriver Schwarzenegger, <laughs> Arnold's son, Patrick. <laughs> he's actually not a terrible actor, but he's always menacing. Next up, we've got the role of Queen Bee, played by Beyonce. I'm sorry, <laughs> played by Julie Newmar. Um, she was 52 at the time, and which is not that old. 50, no, I just want to say 52 no. is not that old, it's not that old but at all. all the other sex workers make fun of her for being old, but she does have the uh, wherewithal and the street smarts to know that she can take care of herself. Chelsea, did you have a pick for Queen B? I, I do. What do you got? Um, I got my fellow woman from South Dakota. I went with January Jones. January Jones from Mad Men and uh -huh. The Last Man on Earth. Yep. Nice. All right. Sean? This is my second favorite pick of the week. It's kind of face value based on how she appears currently. Mm -hmm. She's 53 years old. You mm -hmm. would know her from the show Sex Ed. Yep. You'd know her from The Crown. And you'd know her from X-Files. Yeah. Jillian Anderson. Jillian Anderson, you son of a bitch. I did not pick her, but that's great. Thank you. Mine's a little bit more on the nose. She's 55 now. She was in Swordfish, The Flintstones, Monsters Ball, and Catwoman. Her name is Halle Berry Hallelujah. <laughs> She's nice. going to be my queen bee. All right. So uh, wrapping up thoughts on street walking. It's a hidden gem. If you've never seen it, watch it. It's it's. it's I, I really liked yeah, it. Yeah, it's a decent movie. And I think that it's available to watch for free on like Tubi or it's something Tubi like or that. Tubi or Prime or something. Yeah, one of those yeah. out there. You can totally watch it for free. There might be some commercials. and But that kind of like plays into the commercial marketing aspect of prostitution itself, right? You got to get paid. Got to get that money, money. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to intermission. But not before we say... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves a freebie. It's my birthday. And for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM. The Shop with Travisito, the brew boss. And me, Chelsea, the regulator. Where we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies. All, All morning, morning long. <laughs> and if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema Chop Shop on podbean.com. Hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you think you can handle it. Do you need a used movie? Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem! Come on down to Wacky Trav's Cinema Chop Shop Blowout Sale. He's, He's out, out of his, his mind. mind. Where we can guarantee you, you'll go home happy. Social security number, criminal background check, and blood sample required. Side effects may include euphoria, hallucinations, and delusions of grandeur. So please remember to watch, watch Chop, Chop Retrofit. All right, welcome back, Chop Shoppers. Thank you for bearing with us during the intermission. And when we come back from intermission, what are we doing, Sean? Beer check-ins. And what do we have? Well, it's uh, on-theme beer. and Very on-theme. I don't have to explain it. It's called Coming In Fast. Coming In Fast, Coming In Hot. <laughs> it's from New Anthem Brewing. This is a lager featuring Hallertau as its feature hop. What hop? Hallertau. Hallertau? Sounds like a New Zealand hop. It's a German noble hop. Oh, God, that's good. I should hope so. These guys are awesome. I have my own can, so I'm just drinking it out of the can. 
because I can. Holy Christ, that's fucking fantastic. It's really good. You got just a little bit of bitterness. It's beautiful. It, you should pour a glass. It's so it's crystal clear. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh. That's what well, tasty man. That's what, a, that's what a goddamn lager should be. That that's is, what coming in fast should be like. Coming in fast. <laughs> I swear to God, this never happens to me. Do you get a discount? If you come in fast, <laughs> no, no. If in fact, if you watch the movie that we're about to talk about, uh, she'll let you go again, and she'll give you a discount. As we enjoy that, it's time to talk about the 2022 movie marathon. So, as of this recording, it is the 49th day of the year. I'm on like 57. How about you guys? 66. Woo, me too. 66. 66 movies. That is very impressive. So, Chelsea, what's your first check-in this week? So, I watched this a couple weeks ago. Um, it's from 2018, but it's kind of on theme. It's called Mapleth- Maplethorpe. About Maplethorpe. That- yeah, about the photographer. Robert Maplethorpe? Yeah, I didn't know who this was. Okay. Yeah, he's controversial. Uh, kind of an asshole, he, but that most photo... Most of this stuff is like uh, S&M based, right? It is. It, it's interesting and it's fun. I like mm-hmm. to hear him talk about it. And I yeah. went down a rabbit hole after that. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. This is cool. As a art person, he's kind of one of those, one of those taboos, you know? Yeah, but he shouldn't be. And that's what I liked about him. When I was in high school like freshman sophomore high school 1972 that was when that was when robert was hitting the 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 headlines and like rolling stone magazine when when they were legitness you know they were covering it and that was the whole i know pornography when i see it Mm -hmm. you know what what makes something pornography and the judge famous is i know it when i see it all right so sean what's your check-in i'm gonna check in light sleeper uh, you told me about this this week. It's on Criterion, and it is what I would consider to be a neo-noir film. It's from 1992, starring uh, Willem Dafoe, uh-huh. Susan Sarandon, a smoking hot Dana Delaney. Dana Delaney. Wow. And from China all- Beach? Yeah. And you also get a very young Sam Rockwell. Nuh-uh. Does, uh-huh. He does, does not dance. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, David Spade's in it as well. He is in it. That's crazy. His, his and it's char- not a comedy. His character's name is Theological Stoner or something. Theological Stoner. Okay. Yeah. So Willem Dafoe is is a, a former drug addict who's trying to go straight, but he's still slinging drugs on the street for Susan Sarandon. And uh, Wait, so he's dealing for her? Yeah. She's the kingpin? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's it's got some cool elements. The only my only negative knock on this movie is that there's some very annoying song inserts throughout the film that just suck. They take you out of it. <laughs> They're just really bad. But outside of that, the film itself is really What cool. year? Nineteen ninety two. Ninety two. Okay, there was some bad music in ninety two. Yeah, totally. All right. So my first check in for this week is gonna be number forty nine. It's I want you back. I Want You Back is on Amazon Prime right now, I believe. Correct. And it is basically if you inverted the plot of Strangers on a Train uh, and then applied it to an anti-rom-com starring Charlie Day and Jenny Slate. How could you go wrong? It's awesome. (laughs) You liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was really cool. And so uh, my mom texted me the morning after I watched this. She was like, we just watched a really funny movie called I Want You Back. (laughs) And so I replied, yeah, it's an inverse of Strangers on the Train. She's like, but much funnier. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. It's getting your ex back instead of murdering your spouse. That's funny. Over to you, Chelsea. What you got for number two? This movie is from 2020. And I really liked it, but only because of the ending. And I mean, I was like screaming at the end of this. It's called Little Fish. Little Fish. It's about this pandemic that basically makes people start losing their memory. Okay. I've heard of this. This might have been on a list of mine. It's it's on like Hulu or uh-huh. not, it's on one of them. And is I is it just, good? 
Yes. Okay. I mean, it's a little bit boring, but the ending happens and you're like, oh my fuck. So it's a slow burn, but then a payoff. Oh my God. It yeah. fucked me up. I can't, I'm not going to say right anymore. on. You're Watch still it. thinking about yes. it. Yes. Because you're not going to say any more about it because no. you forgot. Exactly. You lost your memory of it. I did. <laughs> I'm checking in Citizen Ruth from 1996. Mm -hmm. This is a movie starring Laura Dern. And uh, it is from the same writer director of Election. Oh, this movie is um, in evidence in the Supreme Court right now, in the Roe versus Wade recall. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Alex Payne wrote and directed it, and it is a satire of uh, pro-life versus pro-choice. Mm -hmm. Laura Dern is a junkie, not junkie, alcoholic, uh, who this is like her fifth kid. And uh, she just wants to get an abortion. And you have two sides pitted against each other. And both of them have their glaring flaws. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the cast is really good. You got Swoozy Kurtz. You've got uh, Red from that 70s show. Um, okay. Yeah. And his name uh, is Red. Yeah. Red. Red. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Kurt, Kurt Woodsmith. Thank you. Because you're a dumbass. You. As well as uh, uh, um, John Travolta's widow. Kelly Preston. Oh, I'm not over that yet. Yeah. So it's it's quite good. I if you if you like the humor in election, you'll probably dig this. Okay, I do like the humor in election. My next check-in is gonna be number fifty-three. It's called Kimmy. You guys have probably seen advertisements for this. I have. Did you uh, like it? I thought it was all right. I think okay. I gave it a three and a half. Um so Zoe Kravitz is the lead playing. Uh, she doesn't play Kimmy. The Kimmy is the name of the AI Siri slash Alexa type uh, helper for you. Alexa. Oh, fuck off. Everybody hates us now. We lost their like four listeners. Damn. So she uh, showed some range in this movie playing like a... Um, claustrophobic agoraphobic person during a pandemic who wouldn't leave her house but her job is to analyze audio from the kimmy hardware streams and she through audio witnesses a murder and then has to go out of her comfort zone to help solve it uh, so I thought it was, I thought it was all right. I, like I said, okay. I gave it three and a half. She does show her boobies. That's where the half star came in. Yeah. The half star. Okay. Uh, so this is a weird movie I found on Hulu. It's from 1986. It says documentary on Hulu. It mm -hmm. is in the documentary section. But it's not? It is not. It's called Stripper. It's about this like convention contest that happens in Vegas and like all these strippers from around the world or mostly from America, but they say around the world. Yeah. Come to it trying to win money and you've got people from all walks of life. Now, granted, they play themselves, but this is fucking scripted. Okay. So you're calling bullshit. Oh, 100%. It, but... It, on here, like it's Would you not... say it's a mockumentary? Well, on Letterboxd, it doesn't look like a documentary, but I mean, like on Hulu, it says documentary. You start mm. watching it, you're five minutes in, you're like, uh-uh, absolutely mm. so not. I was asleep at the wheel at uh, Hulu. Absolutely not. But it was good. I liked it. You liked it? Yeah, it was fun. Cool deal. Sean, what you All got? All right, final check-in of the week. Um, Knights of Cabaria. Cabaria. This is a 1957 film by Fellini. Roberto Fellini. Starring his real life wife. His wife. And this won the uh, Oscar for Best Foreign Film and the Palme d'Or in the same year. I consider her to be the original sex worker with a heart of gold. Uh-oh. Uh, she's ditzy and naive. Cabrilla, she gets taken advantage of repeatedly due to her trusting good nature. It's The film starts out with her getting basically conked in the head and knocked into the river by her lover as he steals her money. Rescued by the townsfolk, and she kind of goes from one place to the other. And 
history repeats itself by the end of the film and she just gets really frustrated and disillusioned with life and it's really sad like you really feel for her because and the description that that i saw said she's got cotton candy for a head you know she's just not all there but uh it's a good film i liked it a lot there is this recurring arc in a lot of these films with mm-hmm. the young naive woman usually uh getting placed in a circumstance where her naivety uh is her downfall and then she gets thrown into this world where she has to do things that are uh abhorrent to her and then hopefully by the end of the arc she makes a change that or the naivety plays to be her redeeming quality right yeah yeah so i've got one more check-in mine is number 55 it's called for mad men only the stories of del close and this is a documentary from 2020 and it is the story of the insane drug-addled improv guru del close that trained basically every comedian for two generations from the late 70s to the late 90s. He had this system for teaching improv that he called Harold. <laughs> and that not as in H E R Harold, but the name Harold, like Hi, a Harold. dude. Yeah. <laughs> and he was crazy as hell, but he somehow had this magical ability to turn his students into stars, even though he himself would never become super famous. That's the best kind of teacher. Yeah. And I liked it a lot. I I saw Chelsea, you liked my check-in. Yeah. I really want to watch this. It's good. Uh, It's on Hulu and it's once again, it's called mad men only for mad men only. All right. Are we good on the 2022 movie marathon for this week? Yes. Bringing us to the second part of our feature segment, which is the recast continued. Part two. The second walk of shame. And it's not a walk of shame. It's a stride of pride. The second stride of pride. Thank you. Uh, This movie is one that probably comes to mind for most people when we think about movies about prostitution. Uh, But it's kind of presented in a palpable, kind of easy to swallow. Yeah, but I feel, listen, I feel like sex worker movies as a genre take this route where it becomes a fucking fairy tale or the other because she had no other choice. The Prince Charming. She has to be rescued by a man. All right. It's bullshit. That's fair. We're talking about Pretty Woman from 1990, directed by Gary Marshall. Uh, It's got a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. About right? Eh, Yeah. In this modern update on Cinderella... A prostitute and a wealthy businessman fall hard for one another, forming an unlikely pair. While on a business trip in Los Angeles, Edward, played by Richard Gere, who makes a living buying and breaking up companies, he does corporate takeovers, right? Picks up a hooker, Vivian, played by Julia Roberts, on a lark. After Edward hires Vivian to stay with him for the weekend, the two get closer only to discover there are significant hurdles to overcome as they try to bridge the gap between their very different worlds. So I think the crux of this is on a lark. He, he's like, yeah, okay, sure. I'll pick up this lady. And then he likes her. And then he's like, well, I need you to stay with me for one week and pose as my partner, correct? Yeah, I mean, kind of, yeah. Kind of. But he's also at points ashamed of her and has to uh, reconcile those differences. She's got a runner in her pantyhose. 
<laughs> she's not wearing pantyhose. All right, so the roles that we're going to recast. First, we got Viv, Vivian, played by Julia Roberts, who was only 23 at the time. A 23-year-old Julia Roberts. Then we've got Richard Gere playing Edward. Uh, he was 41. It's a bit of an age gap. Then we've got Barnard, uh, who's probably my favorite character in this movie. The very attentive, very understanding Mater D at the hotel. He was 54. Oh, Hector Elizondo? Yes, Hector Elizondo. And then we've got Kit. Uh, Kit DeLuca, played by Laura San Giacomo. I say Giacomo. <laughs> uh, she was 28 at the time. Yeah. And we've definitely talked about her before. I believe in the westerns movie episode where we talked about quigley down under mm -hmm. one of those we talked about her in quigley down under because she's one of the characters in that anything else we need to say about the movie before we get into the recasting chelsea no i think we talk about it as we recast all right fair. this was the uh, first movie that i took a bona fide date to Ah, like my first real deal girlfriend in high school. Mm -hmm. We went and saw this complete, and? complete with the rock set soundtrack. Nice. How that, that soundtrack is fucking amazing. Right. Well, we dated for three months, so that works out. Did okay. One of my favorite scenes is where she's in the bubble bath and she's singing Prince and she's wearing headphones mm -hmm. and they're like old school. I had that Walkman. Uh, Walkman headphones. Yes. The yellow Sony. And then he walks in and she doesn't know that he's listening to her sing. You don't have to be rich. Be my all right so first role we've got vivian played by julia roberts and chelsea who's your pick for this all right i aged everybody up a little bit okay only just this was hard to recast it is i agree i almost as hard as your nickname i mean <laughs> this movie as much as it sort of pisses me off in terms of looking at it in the guise of sex working it, it pisses me off but as a kid i love this movie because because it's a fairy tale. I'm a no. No. I'm a ginger kid, mm -hmm. and the gingers are always ugly. And this was the first time where I was like, "Oh my god, redheads yeah. can be well, pretty." Well, I mean, to a greater extent, she starts out the film as a cropped blonde. Well, I and know, then but takes then, off her wig, and he likes it. Yes, he likes it, and that really just fucking meant a lot. To yeah, me that's as a kid. fair. That's very fair. <laughs> Uh, anyways, my actress was in The Town, The Rhythm Section, which is a weird fucking movie, mm -hmm. um, The Age of Adeline. I went with Blake Lively. Blake Lively. All right. There's a certain like personality trait yeah. that she shares. Yeah. All right. I got gotcha. you. That's good stuff. Blake Lively, over to you. I stayed young. I went with a 25-year-old actress. She can be seen in Dope Sick, Dear Evan Hansen, hmm. and Book Smart. I went with Caitlin Deaver. Caitlin D. God, she looks like a fucking child. I hate it. She looks like a 12-year-old. Well, I mean, she's probably even older than Julia Roberts was at this yeah, time. Yeah, two years older. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I don't she's like just going to act older. All right. Well, my actress is 23 now as well. She was in A Walk Among the Tombstones, Aloha, and Pandemic. As we all were. Uh, her name is Danielle Rose Russell. Danielle Rose Russell. This is the first time that I have recast her. Next up, we got the hamster man. Oh. Richard Gere playing Edward. It's gerbils, by the way. Gerbils? Yeah. I think it was guinea pigs. Man. <gasps> oh, wow. Oh. That's girthy. Shit. <laughs> he was 41. And Chelsea, who did you pick for this role? My actor was in The Crazies, Go, Justified, The Book of Boba Fett. I went with Timothy Oliphant. Nice. That's a good pick. I, I like that. The Crazies. That's good. I like that movie. Yeah. So, yeah, Richard Gere being the Silver Fox. 
with a 42-year-old actor who's kind of becoming the Silver Fox himself. He was in uh, Lewin Davis. He was in Ex Machina. Ah. And he's coming up in Moon Knight, baby. I went with Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Did you, I was you, torn. Um, yeah. I was torn. Are you looking forward to Moon Knight? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So you think it's yes. going to be good? Yes. And I will say, watch the trailer, then watch one of the deep dive videos explaining the trailer. Okay. You, you should. Because I have that. no idea what it's about. I, I didn't either, and because I didn't care about Moon Knight as a kid, and now I'm like, okay, I see what they're doing. It's going to be a really cool, like mind fuck kind of show. Not to be confused with Moonfall or King Knight. My pick for Edward is 40 now. He was in One Tree Hill, House of Wax, the remake, and Fruitvale Station. His name is Chad Michael Murray. How fucking dare you? That's insulting. Why? He's terrible. (laughs) He is fucking awful. I think he would be good in this. No. Oh, revolt. She's, the regulator is very mad. Chad she is, Michael Murray is my pick. No. For Chelsea is regulating that Edward. right out the oh door. Oh, my God. <laughs> Moving it on to Barnard. Bernard. Isn't it just Bernard? It happens all the time. It's Barney. <laughs> but it's spelled B-A-R-N-A-R-D, right? It's B-A-R-N-E-Y, according to IMDb. Okay. Well, I do have a lot of typos on the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> it happens a lot. I'm not surprised. Uh, so he was played by Hector Elizondo, uh, who was 54 at the time. And do you have something that's not so so confusing? Yeah, no, I have a good pick. All right. Woo! Sorry. (laughs) I'm mad at Chad Michael Murray. He's the best character. Mm -hmm. He's so sweet. He has the best advice. He sort of takes her under his wing. And I wanted somebody who would feel sort of natural in that role and not it be creepy because there's a fine line. Mm. There is, yes. My actor was in Julie and Julia. I went with Stanley Tucci. The Tucci. Tucci is good. Yes. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. I'm picturing him in the role. I know, I'm, I'm take, right? I'm picturing yeah. him in Devil Wears, Devil Wears Prada. Prada, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that's definitely it. Good job. Nice. Props. I went with a 54-year-old actor. This is my favorite pick of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see him also kind of playing that uh, shepherding kind of role as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in 12 Years a Slave. He was in the uh, show Billions. And sideways with Paul Giamatti. Oh, yeah. I like that, too. I like that, too. Wow. Shit. We nailed that. Fuck. (laughs) The high fives are audible on the podcast. Uh, Well, I wanted to keep it in the uh, cultural range. I went with a Puerto Rican actor because Hector Elizondo is of Puerto Rican descent. I went with an actor who's 59 now. He's in body cam. Forces of Nature, sorry, Force of Nature, and Dexter. His name is David Zayas. David Zayas. Who does he play on Dexter? I mean, he's like a a dude on there, like a... Well, yeah, I would hope so. Like an FBI guy, maybe? (laughs) He doesn't know. (laughs) I have no idea. Okay, I'm just... Dana, help me out. (laughs) <laughs> you are familiar with this actor, right? I guess. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, it's better than Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> Chad Michael Murray, not hyphenated. We got one more. One more role. It's Kit. Kit DeLuca, played by Laura San Giacomo. She was 28. At the time, and Chelsea, who is your pick for Kit? I love Kit. Kit's the best. Don't kiss. I just, I wanted someone. Don't kiss him on the mouth. I wanted someone that's just as adorable as her, but has the sass. So Mm -hmm. my actress was in Spring Break, High School Musical, um, some other stuff. I went with Vanessa Hudgens. Okay. That's fair. Why did you, um, like, 
cover your mouth when you said because high school High musical. school musical i mean it's how she got her start but it's so opposite of sort of who she is now where she is now okay and i mean like she's Do you kind not of the, like high school musical no i love high school musical but it's not the thing i'm going for but okay. it has such a bad rep because it comes from disney and she's sort of one of the first to be the the tarnished thing from disney because those nudes got she's now extricated well no but she she was great she embraced it she was like some fucker hacked my phone Mm -hmm. and did this sorry i'm of age it is what it is i'm not fucking 12 naked kiss my ass yes also every single one of us in this room and every single one of you listening to this podcast was born naked and has been naked sometime today. Facts. Those are facts. Sean, what do you got? The sass factor you mentioned. Uh, I was thinking of that as well. One of the 25-year-old actress. She was in Edge of 17, True Grit, and Hawkeye. I went with Haley Steinfeld. Nice. Yeah, I can see that. I um, I believe that my pick... I have recast her before as a role played by Laura San Giacomo, <laughs> which is how I pronounce it. Uh, she's one of my favorites. She was in the Dirty Dancing remake from 2017. Ew. She was in XOXO, Scary Movie 5, and Modern Family. Her name is Sarah Highland. Okay. I think she's got a similar look to Laura San Giacomo Siae. That's all that's been playing in my head since we've had this debate. Yes. <laughs> all right. So final thoughts on Pretty Woman, guys. It. I'm too biased. It's not fair. Don't How long has it been me. since you've watched it? I mean, I try to make it a point to watch it at least twice a year shut up so on like, valentine's day and easter obviously like i have not seen this movie in decades so i don't know oh, if it's, wow has it aged, i've seen has it aged well or not it's it's not gonna change regardless of what time period you watch it in it tale. is yeah. it yeah. is what it's gonna be no matter what time you watch it in i think that it holds up in those terms, I mean, yes, but still, it plays into those stupid fucking tropes that sex, sex right. worker movies play into. But like I said, I'm way too fucking biased. I can't. Do you think it was intentional that they put Richard Gere in this after 10 years ago or 10 years before he was American Gigolo? I don't know. Do you think Gary Marshall had that insight? Hmm. No. Nobody knows. All right. Well, that will wrap us up on the second part of the recast, bringing us to the bonus segment. We've got a battle royale between women of the night. We've got Miss Kitty versus Miss Mona versus Patty, the daytime hooker. Sean, I feel like you have a choice i will always pick dale dickey over anybody dale dickey and can you explain to the chop choppers again your special relationship i know dale dickey she's awesome i mean she's she's from knoxville tennessee she went to the university of tennessee Mm -hmm. she's a fantastic actress um besides being the daytime hooker she was in winter's bone she has a new movie coming out very soon i can't remember what it's called but she's great she really is. I have to agree. She's also embracing the gray, and I love it. So you're going with her as well? Yeah. I mean, I hate to cast shade at Dolly Parton, but that was a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Just to make sure that Dolly is still on our side, we're going Dollywood. We love you, Dolly. We love you, Dolly. Uh, Miss Mona from the best little whorehouse in Texas. All right. Well... That's going to wrap us up. We want to thank you, Chelsea, the regulator, for doing all that you do and also not getting super offended at the things that I say. (laughs) How do you know she's not offended? I can tell. And 
Uh, thank you to you, Sean, the engineer, my co-host and co-producer. Thank you for everything that you do. Anything that either of you want to plug? Chelsea? It's a long pause of dead air. I want to go ahead and plug the season finale of Peacemaker, which I'm going to watch as soon as I leave here. <laughs> See, I'm behind. I've not even started that show yet. Oh, it's good. It's I'm, a good show. I, I know things from various mm-hmm. social medias, but... Uh, no, that's that's cool. I'm glad you're watching it. Do you have a plug? No, I don't have a plug. I don't. I'm sorry. All right. Well, we want to plug the uh, podcast itself. Uh, do you know what next week's episode is? Robert Sean Leonard. Robert Sean Leonard. And for the Chop Shoppers, who the hell is that? Dead Poet Society. He, he is a, the main character. Right? He's a TV actor who has very few movie roles. Thank he's you. He's a stage actor is what Wikipedia says. Hmm. He's got a few movie roles. Yeah, we'll be fighting over the double features. All right. So Robert Sean Leonard has made two films with Kenneth Branagh. In 1993, he made Swing Kids in which Brana was an uncredited Gestapo officer, played Herr Knopp. And this Shakespearean adaptation directed by Kenneth Brana. Much Ado About Nothing. Damn! We've recast it before. We have. With Robert Sean Leonard? Yes. Wow. All right, cool. Well, that should make your homework easier. <laughs> I mean, shit, it's been in the canon since I've been here. I know, right? Yeah, there's a Photoshop of Chelsea as, uh, what's her face? Uh, um, Emma you? Thompson. Oh, okay, that's who I was thinking you were going to say. <laughs> oh, I couldn't um, think of her name. <laughs> that all being said, we want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps, especially on iTunes Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. Give us a review on there. That would go a long way. We would really appreciate that. Also, we are hosted online on Podbean with Cinema Chop Shop on there. We are at Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter. We are Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook and Cinema Chop Shop at gmail.com if you feel the need to send an email. Uh, we are at Cinema Chop Shop on Instagram and Untapped, where Chelsea will check in all of our beer check-ins. All of them. And then sometimes on YouTube, we are Cinema Chop Shop <laughs> Podcast. Yeah, when YouTube decides on YouTube. to take our The most show. recent one was on there. I know, I, I saw was it. It showed up. shocked. Yeah, it showed up I on sang. there. I sang. Yes. Did you hear it? No, I did. Yeah, I, I, I heard it and I saw it. Finally, we want to say farewell to you, the listeners, the chop shoppers out there. Don't forget to get that vax. Otherwise, what are you doing? And please remember to watch Chop Retrofit. And fuck you, Chad Michael Murray. No freebies. (laughs) It's my birthday.